broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web. You're listening to CHSR, HealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSR, HealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. work with you and for you or that you work for that make 
give you the opportunity for you to yeah, thrive. This is really beautiful, yeah? So go down your list. See who you can uh, find, conjure in your world, uh, in your list of gratitude. Maybe the animals that bring you joy and love, your friends, your family. So the folks who make us able to do what we do, starting at the global level, the One World Children's Fund.org are our honorary sponsors here at Mary and Lai. They help unite people to improve the lives of children affected by poverty. We're so grateful for them and their support for this show. Uh, on the national level, the National Action Organization, helping change the way our culture values each other. You can check them out online, naction.org. They make programs like this possible. 100% of the proceeds goes to programming just like this, so you can put only good things in your mind. Yeah, We get to choose on uh, HealthyLife.net Radio what we put in our mind, the things that we machinate, chew, think about, and digest. Um, on the local level here in Northern California, for the last 10 years, the Open Secret Bookstore in San Rafael, California, helps us do what we do here. Uh, they've got the latest in meditation and revelation. They've got wonderful books and programs available uh, throughout the week. You can check them out online. And if you're in Northern California and you like bookstores, I love bookstores. I like books. Anybody who knows me knows I like books. So going into a bookstore is a lovely way to experience your gratitude for people who spend their time helping us move through the world. And on that note, as we turn our attention to our guest today, uh, Beverly Hills plastic surgeon, Dr. Renato Calabria is joining us. He's a California board-certified plastic surgeon. Uh, he was profiled in the best-selling book, The Beauty Makers, representing a small list of his country's best plastic surgeons. Dr. Calabria graduated from the University of Padua in Italy. La, 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 la. I don't know. I love Italy. One of the oldest and most prestigious medical schools in the world. Uh, devoting time to help children with congenital defects. He's always been one of, has been uh, one of Dr. Calabria's priorities, and he's participated in several uh, third world missions, mostly in Central and South America, where he's performed hundreds of reconstructive surgeries. Well, he's joining us today to talk with us about body dysmorphic disorder, wrinkles, sags, imperfections. How many hours a day do you obsess over your perceived flaws, chasing perfection? Well, many of us have body dysmorphic disorder, characterized by obsessive thinking in which a minor physical imperfection causes severe emotional distress. And some plastic surgeons are eager to operate, even if they feel it won't solve the problem. Beverly Hills plastic surgeon, joining us today, Dr. Renato Calabria, continuously sees young patients, not necessarily with BDD, body dysmorphic disorder, coming to the office with immaculate pictures of actresses asking if they can look like them. Uh, often these patients go from doctor to doctor seeking a perfect image of themselves, which is not achievable. And a good plastic surgeon is someone who can say no. Dr. Renato is going to help, uh, help us guide ourselves uh, by compassionately understanding uh, the process of finding what we truly need and what's really going on. And we're so happy to have you on the program. Uh, welcome to the program, Dr. Renato Calabria. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, it's a pleasure. Thank you, and good morning to everyone. And uh, I love your approach of uh, your spirituality and the call for presence as one of my 
my approach to, and uh, it helped me also daily the daily life, but also in in, in the operating room, and uh, I love it. Wow, that's beautiful to hear. I love knowing that, yes. Well, this is really um, a time that has come where the exterior world meets the interior, right? We are really, as a Western culture, starting to integrate these ideas. And my sense is, is this is maybe one of the things you're trying to champion for those of us who... Uh, maybe are moving into some dangerous territory with the exterior portion of of who we think we are, yeah? Absolutely, and um, I I, I feel that um, that, uh, the media um, has some sort of responsibility with idolizing and, you know, and chasing perfection, basically. And, uh, you know, we see all the time celebrities, with flawless faces on the cover of magazines, and obviously they're meticulously photoshopped, photoshopped, and we don't realize that. That, and uh, we're chasing that, that uh, you know, uh, image. Yes. And that what you know, obviously the younger patients, uh, the younger. Uh, kids now and uh, with the social media with the selfies they're sort of obsessed about their image of themselves they portrayed an image that maybe doesn't really it's not themselves and and uh, and and uh, and they come often to to my office uh, chasing a, an image of themselves that it's it's not realistic and and it's getting and it's getting worse and worse and uh you know, it's estimated only 2% of population has uh, body dysmorphic disorders, but I think is is way underdiagnosed. Well, right. And I wonder if there isn't a spectrum, you know, because when I was reading, I went online and was looking at a lot of your articles and so forth. Uh, you know, body dysmorphic disorder, they say, is a mental disorder in which you can't stop thinking about one or more perceived defects or flaws in your appearance a flaw that to others might be minor or not even observable, uh, but you may feel so ashamed or anxious that you may avoid uh, social situations. Now, many of us may relate to that first part, but maybe we might not be avoiding social situations yet. So I'm, will you speak to this idea that, uh, you know, the, about a spectrum? And, and so forth. Yes, there is, there is definitely a spectrum, and 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 the, and, it, and that's why uh, it's so difficult to diagnose. Um, obviously, uh, the clear-cut uh, case of body dysmorphic uh, disorder, it's it's easier to identify because uh, it's 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 an excess. You know, patients are are so emotionally obsessed in their thinking um, that it, it really dictated what they do on, on, on the, their daily life. And, uh, and there are a lot of red flags uh, that, that come up with that. But uh, the idea of the, of the spectrum, it, it's, it's important because a lot of the patients are there are maybe on the other side of the spectrum, and they're seeking some... Um, Improvement and they're they're distressed, uh, but they're not obsessed with it. 
so uh, it's definitely uh, a, 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 an increasing range of uh, patients that come in and uh, um, what is normal uh, and, and what is uh, pathological. They start to be blinding themselves. Yes. And and it's for for the even for the, for the psychiatrist or the psychologist very hard sometimes to draw the line where is normal and where is abnormal. Yeah, right. So, particularly within the social um, image, the social construct, right? The self schema, the way that we organize how we see ourselves is so influenced by the culture. This is difficult to uh, differentiate. Right, and that's what is, 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 I, I think your work is, 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 is so important to, to uh, blend uh, the spirituality with the everyday life uh, and, and um, um, you know, uh, emphasize that the, what we are is, is just not our, our emotion is our thinking, but is, is basically... Uh, is a more spiritual dimension, and in your work, I think is essential, and, and it's changed my life. Yes, yes. <laughs> and it's funny because I'm in such a superficial yeah. arena here, where you know it's easy to lose yourself in the, the material world and uh, and go with it. And and then um, and, and it's funny that how I'm put in a situation in which I'm I'm in the in Hollywood, I'm in Beverly Hills, and you know, I'm in the world of excesses and uh, and everything, and and uh, and I'm facing with these issues um, every day. Right. Yeah, I want to talk more about that. And if you're just joining us, if you just tuned in, welcome. We are so glad you're here. I'm Marianne Camarado. You, you've tuned in to Mary Ann Live, and uh, we're talking with Beverly Hills plastic surgeon Dr. Renato Calabria. Today we're talking about body dysmorphia um, and and the spectrum of that and, and how uh, plastic surgery um, is part of the equation, how it's either contributing or, in this case, with Dr. Calabria, uh, we're, we're trying to make some distinctions here, some differentiations about how we feel about ourselves, you know, where do we draw the line, uh, how the media influences our our image of ourselves and so forth, and, and, and the role that plastic surgery plays in that. Now, a little bit later in the program, uh, we've got, I've compiled, a, I found in one of your articles, Dr. Calabria, 16 questions yes. that people can ask themselves. And by the way, you can email us info at Marian Live, and I'll send you a link to these articles, and you can have these at your fingertips. But a little bit later in the program, we'll, we'll start to unpack some of this. Uh, if you're concerned, after you start to listen a little bit more deeply, and thinking maybe you fall somewhere on the spectrum um, as it relates to a plastic surgery or just your, your mental health or your self-esteem, these are, uh, this is a conversation that we're going to be having this hour uh, that we're mid-stride in. Uh, the beginning portion right now. So uh, you mentioned something about uh, being in an industry that really does uh, foster this kind of, the potential for this kind of, um, uh, you know, uh, extreme way of organizing yourself in the world huh, at this superficial level. Talk to us a little bit about, because you didn't start 
in this industry with this intention, yeah? You were doing reconstructive surgery. Uh, yes. Tell us a little bit about that, please. Well, uh, I mean, plastic reconstructive surgery is it's a specialty that is a broad specialty that includes, you know, obviously all aspects of plastic surgery. People perceive a plastic surgeon just uh, a cosmetic surgeon means uh, to perform a cosmetic procedure, but plastic surgery is a wider uh, field in which we um, we do a lot of uh, reconstructive surgery, um, surgery for cancer, reconstructive surgery after uh, breast cancer, all kind of uh, uh, malignancies. Uh, we perform burn surgery. We perform uh, surgery on children with congenital defects. So it's it's a it's a less glamorous field, and but is uh, probably uh, the essence uh, of what we do. Um, and uh, in the course of my career, I have uh, obviously gone through all this um, area of reconstructive surgery, uh, and I still do. I still go uh, on some missions in South America, Central America, and perform. Um, uh, surgery on children with cleft lip and palates, and it's so rewarding when you see a mother holding the child after the surgery and the big smile they have, and mm-hmm. you're changing their life. And uh, that's a big change from the Beverly Hills office, yeah. where you know you have celebrity coming in and out, and it's it's uh, it's a different environment. Right. But again, my practice now is focused more on aesthetic surgery and. Um, and that's where I enjoy it the most uh, um, at this point of my career. And obviously, being in Hollywood and Beverly Hills, we uh, we deal with uh, probably um, you know the uh, you know part of the celebrities, part of just professionals. Uh, and and aesthetic surgery has a well-defined role, uh, and and it's definitely a a, a a specialty that um, that gives a lot of uh, uh, satisfactions uh, both to the surgeon and patient. Um, but uh, it's easy, as you mentioned before, to cross the line, you know, and uh, it's easy to get drawn into that world where superficiality and what we look at all we got and how much money you have and uh, what car you drive and where do you live and uh, what watch you wear and what designer jeans you wear so um, and 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 uh, to go to go back to our our issue of body dysmorphic disorder you know plastic surgeons play a big role in in perpetrating uh, this sort of uh, scenario where patients they are affected by this disorder, are going to from offices to offices and seeking of a, a change in their image, which will not be rewarding. And plastic surgeons are sometimes reluctant to turn down patients, and uh, they're, they're seeking unnecessary uh, and and uh, and that's why you see this patient going from doctor to doctor and having multiple procedures done, and uh, and and seeking a result that is actually not achievable in their 
mind. And, and as you mentioned before, a good plastic surgeon is definitely somebody that can educate the patient right. and can't say no to a patient that is not a good candidate. Well, well I'm going to jump in here to hold that thought. We're going to go to break when we come back more with Dr. Renato Calabria right here on Marion Live. We're talking about body dysmorphia. When, when do we cross the line? Plastic surgery, what do you need to be concerned about? Uh, this is an inside job we're going to do together right after these messages. Don't touch that dial. We'll be back in just a minute. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No More Love Life Drama for Us. Hi, everybody. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host, Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Reynolds. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. Honey, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships in within self-inquiry divination deck because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy fulfilling sustainable relationship and it's really simple sit quietly close your eyes turn your attention inward and draw a card you can go online right now and get a free reading on marianne Lide and try out the cards and for under twenty dollars what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention we wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. Okay, so you have a couple of days off, and you're planning to get away from stress. You may be planning to go across the world or even taking a staycation around town. Well, Hotels.com can get you a room in over 158,000 hotels, 60 countries, for 50% off. That's reducing stress already. Plus, collect 10 nights, and you'll get one night free. And there's no cancellation charges, no change fees. For the best deals, even last-minute deals, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Hotels.com. Music, information, and friends. HealthyLife.net. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Mary Ann Live. I'm Mary Ann Camarado. Joining us today, Beverly Hills plastic surgeon, Dr. Renato Calabria is with us. We're talking about body dysmorphia. And where do we draw the line is where we left off before we went to break. I had to cut you off. Um, let's talk a little bit about this. When someone comes to you, for example, the, the, let's take an average person. I want to talk about young people in a minute as well. But the average person who comes to you who maybe you suspect has a problem with body dysmorphia, how does that go? What do you notice? Talk us through this. Well, uh, that's very important to talk about the average patient because, as we pointed out before, uh, this disease blends in in, in normality, and uh, and we're sort of trained uh, 
to sort of uh, discern between a uh, what is normal and what is sort of pathological. Um, a lot of patients come in and uh, um, they have a wide variety of problems and uh, uh, usually, um, uh, it, the most important thing is to set up realistic expectations. That's the most important thing. In no matter what problem you're facing, uh, even a patient that doesn't have body dysmorphia but has unrealistic expectation, it's not a good candidate for surgery. And that's the reason number one um, that patients are discontent that patients aren't happy, they're angry, and uh, the it part is, is really realizing that their expectations are, uh, are not realistic. Uh, so that's the number one issue. Okay, well, I'm going to speak to that. So translating that might mean, for example, you come in and you say, I want this nose, and they bring a picture of maybe a very famous actress, and they think that this is as simple as changing the nose, I will look like this actress, and more, right? It doesn't stop there. They, they, they really aren't translating anatomically or on many levels this, this unrealistic expectation, yes? Absolutely. I have recently a patient from Dubai, a very young girl, who brought in a picture of Megan Fox, and uh, um, she was obsessed with... Uh, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, okay. Yeah. She was obsessed with uh, the nose of Megan Fox. And uh, even though I uh, was making a, a point in saying, look, you have different anatomical feature, um, your, uh, uh, definitely uh, the skin envelope is different, the bone structure is different, you're never going to look like Megan Fox. Um, patients sometimes don't really listen to you, and uh, they may hear you, but they don't actually metabolize what you really your message. Yeah. And in this case, most of the time, patients that bring in picture of a celebrity and they want to look alike them, it's a big red flag. It says, "Do not operate on me," yeah. because. Um, it's impossible to make it look like a somebody else. Yes, yes. It's virtually impossible. So this is a big red flag, and uh, and it's unfortunately a lot of plastic surgeons follow into that trap, and uh, they uh, continue to operate on this kind of patient. And patients are always seeking multiple operation to try to change minor defects. Yes. And, and defect, this is such a strong word, huh? The idea that your unique appearance could be a defect in any way, yeah? So, so going back to what you say is a problem with the media, our cultural ideas about perfection that we're obsessed with have now become almost inseparable from our psychological uh, sense of ourselves, our, our self we could call it, you know, your, your self-esteem is wrapped up into that. This, our objectification in this Western culture is so rampant that people's longing for what I want to speak to uh, is now showing up in the, the, the plastic surgery office, right? Uh, right? Yes. 
And absolutely, and and, uh, and as I said, normality blends into uh, um, uh, abnormality. And where is normal? Where is abnormal? Uh, it's a very fine line, and it's getting finer and finer as as we um, as we move along into that. And uh, I, I'm facing every day with uh, with issues with. Uh, uh, with patient coming in and uh, you know wanted to be somebody else and and that's why it's so important sometimes to work with the uh, psychologist psychiatrist I I sometimes you know let's talk about in general you know is a typical patient like a 50 years old woman going through a divorce and uh, and wanting to start her life again and and she's so under much psychological stress that is never a good idea to operate a one of this patient because they look to change their image in order to change their life and you're not gonna be able to be successfully change their life by just changing the image of themselves and i think that a lot of people who have ended up in my office over the years trying to address some of this angst some of this distress suffering etc come from maybe in this case specifically with women men even who have done these procedures and are even more distressed because a it doesn't change how they feel inside which is a lens through which they're going to see whatever they look at in the mirror huh especially the people with body dysmorphia so in other words you can cut your nose you can reshape your whole face but who is seeing that is is essentially unchanged Right. Absolutely, and and it's funny, but when when instead we blend into a normality, we see I see all the time patients that have a legitimate concern, a young girl that has a nose problem, and you you fix it and you change their life, or a, or an older woman who who you do a facelift and you make it look fresh, and they look in the mirror and they see themselves younger again, and more, have they acquire a little more self confidence. And stuff like that. So, in one way, it can be very rewarding. On the other spectrum, it could be a really uh, a, a disaster. Yeah. So this must be a very uh, fine line, an edge for you. Yes, a very an ethical edge. We talked about uh, during the break a spiritual uh, consternation for you. You know, like where do I draw the line? And yeah, and also the big ego of the plastic surgeon plays a big role. The plastic surgeons are, are, are full of egos. And, you know, when you have somebody, or especially a celebrity, look at Michael Jackson, look at the lot of other Meg Ryan, you have example after example of patients that have seek multiple surgery where the plastic surgeon should have said no, but just because it's a celebrity and they have to inflate their egos, they want to operate on it. And it's hard to say no because it's, it inflates your ego. I think this might be a good place to maybe bring up one or two of the points for our listeners to check in and see. Maybe I have body dysmorphia, huh? What do we think? This is a good place? Absolutely. Okay. One of the things that uh, in your article you say, the questions that is asked is, you excessively think about your appearance, excessively being at least an hour a day. Yes. Okay. So this is someone who maybe uh, uh, just is 
uh, obsessive, the obsessive thoughts just get in the way of your daily activity, right? Absolutely. Okay. Number two, you say you spend a lot of time staring in the mirror or at any reflective surface for long stretches of time. Yeah, and just the opposite, too, could be you avoid mirrors. So it's it's either way, either you spend excessively time on the mirror or you avoid mirror because the image of yourself is you, you don't like right. yourself. Um, you wear a lot of makeup. You know, this is this is interesting, this point, huh? Yeah, and a lot of patients wear makeup to de- de- camouflage their 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 defect and, and it that's a telltale sign also that you're obsessed with that. Yeah. So I'm going to pause there. We've got more questions. If those resonate with you, we have others, other points uh, that uh, we'll be talking about. Dr. Renato Calabria is with us. He's a Beverly Hills plastic surgeon. We're talking about body dysmorphia today. Um, when we come back from the break, I would like to talk about this intergenerational story that where we're handing down our values to our children, huh? saying mm-hmm. it's okay for you to have plastic surgery at 15 or 16. Absolutely. And where we draw the line there, where there are good points, and then you say crossing the line. We'll get back right after these messages. Okay. More right here on Marianne Live with Dr. Renato Calabria when we, when we return. Back in just a minute. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've We've ordered ordered No More More Love Life Life Drama Drama for Us. us. Shh, over here. Here's a secret for a virus-free computer. ESET. They've been a pioneer in the antivirus industry for over 25 years. 25 years of innovative, top-rated antivirus protection. ESET's award-winning security solutions provide a safe online experience for over 100 million home and business computer owners. They are so affordable, fast, and simple to use. So be gone, you blue screen of death. ESET's on my computer. If it's not on yours, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on ESET now. Did you know that in seven minutes you might save $522 on car insurance? Well, this makes sense. Since 21st Century Insurance's company's website has been rated number one in responsiveness by Keynote. Serving customers since 1958, 21st Century Insurance has a 24-7 online policy and claim service. You can get a quote fast and easy, so get your quote by visiting HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click right on the 21st Century Insurance banner. More exhilarating talk. HealthyLife.net All right, everybody. Welcome back to Marianne Live. Yeah, this is a very big conversation we're in the midst of here today. Beverly Hills plastic surgeon Dr. Renato Calabria is with us, and we are really looking at body dysmorphia and more. We're looking at not just how do you know if you have it? But we're actually unpacking some of the deeper concerns 
we have, what are we telling our progeny, uh, our children? What kind of a culture, a Western culture, are we becoming? Where do we cross the line? Where do we draw the line and then where do we cross it? Some of the ground we've covered, uh, you can listen to the rebroadcast. Uh, Dr. Calabria has many wonderful articles for you to educate yourself. In this moment, we're going to move towards the conversation around passing on this idea of you're not beautiful enough, you're not okay, to our young children who are now getting plastic surgery at an alarmingly younger and younger rate. I'd love for you to speak to that. And then after that, we're going to move into some territory about what this is doing to our neuropsychology. Our brains are confused by what we see and what we feel, and it's creating problems for intimacy and in a lot of areas. So, but let's start with this passing this down. What, what is the young yeah. kid, you know, thinking to this? Huh? Remember, there is a study out there that actually showed that about 43% of uh, body dysmorphic disorder are, are hereditary. So that's definitely some link with genetic. Um, but I see it in my experience every day in the office where mother and daughter come in, and uh, it's clearly a... Uh, related problem, uh, not only about body dysmorphic, but in general body image itself, and definitely uh, the mother um, passes on the same fear and the same image issues to the daughters, to their sons, and it's definitely like we're passing on our fear, we're passing on our our emotions, we're passing on our personality traits. Uh, definitely this is, is uh, uh, something that we have to think about, it, and, and especially in this generation of uh, uh, social media uh, where the kids are so involved with it and the the issue is, is so much um, uh, alive and and parents have a big big role to play and uh, unfortunately we're sort of unconscious we're not conscious about our own issues and we obviously we need to work on ourselves before we work on our kids Yes, your, your, your clinic, we have a new name for your clinic, Conscious Plastic Surgery. <laughs> you know, it really changed my life. You know, a few years ago, I started, actually came up north up to a Eckhart Tolle uh, talk uh, in the Bay Area, and, uh, and uh, it's funny how that had really helped me into um, a new perspective of life in general. But again, as you pointed out, children and uh, parents are, are, are linked and we passed on the issue and I see it all the time a mother that actually maybe imposes sometimes plastic surgery on their daughter because we feel that they have some changes that we think our kids are uh, have problem with it but they maybe sometimes they don't really have it and when I interview the child the person I find out that it is just the mother pushing or the parents pushing their child their children to have plastic surgery when they don't really feel the need of it yes, and this has become a survival concern yes right so our appearance is now so linked with surviving well in this culture that you can see the impulse for parents they want used to be you want your kid to get into the best college you know so you have the best chance now we're adding plastic surgery so you can 
have better chances to be uh, more privileged through beauty and perfection. Yeah, and as you said, I'm sure you pointed out, there is no issue about if somebody uh, has a beautiful face, uh, we all appreciate that, and we feel that there is nothing wrong in in, in enhancing their physical appearance uh, if it's done in a... Uh, in a in a natural physiological way, but when this uh, becomes who I am, um, is that when uh, when it becomes a problem? When you identify in that physical appearance instead of uh, uh, instead of uh, just enjoying uh, your looks. And 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 one thing I wanted to point it out is that body dysmorphic disorder blends in with anorexia, and that's a point that I like to make because a lot of these patients, one of the uh, one of the things are obsessed with exercising, they're obsessed with eating, um, uh, not eating, and so there is, a, there is a fine line between these two disorders, and I find sometimes a very common uh, ground between anorexia, um, and that's a, the other things I was going to make the point is how parents are important, and you see parents are obsessing their child not to eat, to be on a diet, and that, and that causes pressure on the child uh, as much just having plastic surgery. Oh, beautiful. Thank you for this insight. And I love knowing, and I think a lot of our listeners uh, have so much to chew on and consider here, but I love knowing that there is consciousness coming into this conversation, that you yourself will say no to clients or really dig deeper. Because on these back ends, we know that you know whatever decisions we make, permanent as these are, by the way, huh? Uh, it's very important, life-changing. Yes, and, and people take it very... Uh, plastic surgery is more glamorized. You see this reality show. Uh, it's it almost like the patient thinks almost like they go to a hairdresser to get their hair done. And instead, it's serious surgery in which you have to take it seriously. There are life-changing um change that uh, and one of the issue with body dysmorphic is patients are never happy you know you, you have patients have multiple rhinoplasty you know it's un, it's not uncommon to see five six four six uh, procedure done and look at michael jackson is a typical example of that and and every procedure changes and make it even worse and you're you're caught in in a in a vicious circle like an addiction, huh? It's like an addiction. It is part of an addiction, definitely, and it's an obsession. And uh, in fact, um, it's part of it's part of it. Yeah. So we're going to go to break in just a minute. When we come back, we're going to talk about the effect that this is having on intimacy, on expectation, on longevity of relationship. This disposable idea that you can just go in like a hairdresser, change your face. Be perfect and then live happily ever after. This is some disenchantment here for us. Talk about it. A couple other points um, for people to consider when we get back as well. We will cover other things to look out for if you uh, think you might have body dysmorphia. More when we return right after these messages with Dr. Renato Calabria right here on Marianne Live. Back in just a minute.
I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No, no More, More Love, Love Life, Life Drama, Drama for Us. MarianneLive.com is where you can go to keep up to date with what and where relationship expert, author, and radio host Marianne Camarado is appearing next. Besides Marianne's three radio shows weekdays on HealthyLife.net, you can find out details about upcoming or ongoing seminars and workshops. How about information for ordering copies of books or DVDs? That's also available at MarianneLive.com. Find out about core certification, certificate of responsible relationships, www.marianlive.com core certification learning tools to attract build and sustain great relationships also sign up for marianne's newsletter to be informed about upcoming events and possible workshops or speaking engagements in the northern california area www.marianlive.com what does HealthyLife.net and Amazon.com have in common? Well, they're both available on the Internet. They both give great value. But most important, most of our positive program hosts and guests are accomplished authors. And their books are available from, you got it, Amazon.com. Now it even gets better than that. Because when you're listening on air to a HealthyLife.net host or guest, you can go directly to Amazon.com and you can order your book while you're still listening to your favorite HealthyLife.net program. So when you hear an author you like, go to the homepage of HealthyLife.net and click on Amazon.com. HealthyLife.net. Net, the Positive Radio Network. Welcome back, everybody. We're so glad you're here. We know this is an issue that concerns a lot of us, at minimum intrigues most of us. What would compel someone to go into surgery under anesthesia, risk their lives, to alter their appearance, uh, and, and think light of it, right? Body dysmorphia, for an example. People that just are so compelled to be uh, a perfect-looking person. This is what we're talking about and then the challenges and the suffering that's related to that. I'm going to go down some more of your questions um, or points around people who might be wondering if they have body dysmorphia. We talked about some of them earlier. Here are some more. Uh, you do certain activities over and over again. For example, you're constantly shaving, combing your hair, doing other grooming activities. You're highly critical of the way other people look, huh? That's very typical, yes. Yes, so pointing out because you're projecting maybe the displaced uh, anger. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're an extreme dieter. We spoke about that during uh, right before we went to the break. This is often associated with anorexia, huh? Absolutely. Um, you work out too much. You sometimes go back to the gym three or four times a day. Uh, you avoid getting your picture taken. You don't want evidence of your defects. And another one, you seek reassurance. You repeatedly ask others to tell you that you look okay. Yes, those are all good traits. Really important points, folks. So if you feel like you or someone you love fall into that category, this might be a time to consider reaching out for some uh, support. In the meantime, it may not be the best 
place to go forward and get yet another surgery, which is what we're discussing here. Now, before we went to break, I said let's. I suggested let's talk a little bit about now the uh, more internal, invisible ramifications of having multiple surgeries or surgery at all, and what this does to a culture uh, through the lens of relationship, for example. Uh, so you have a culture where you think your wife, her breasts aren't right. Well, go get them fixed, honey. Uh, I don't like my nose, this or that. And, and it becomes, it starts the process of feeling like if I don't look a certain way, someone won't love me. And and because we can go on Tinder now, we could just get another one, right? We can get another person who looks better or something. Talk about this. This is a concern. It, it is very important in relationship. I see it every day um, between men and women. Um, I see I made the example before of the... Um, the uh, uh, woman that is going through a crisis and uh, and the husband is leaving and uh, she she comes in the office and she wants to look um, you know different in order to please their partner or their husband and it never works it never works um, and uh, and I warned the patient about it I I, I, I say plastic surgery is 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 not for you I think is is a bad choice at this moment of your life and sometimes they listen sometimes they go next door to a more unscrupulous plastic surgeon that needs to pay their his mortgage or his alimony to his ex-wife and they do perform the surgery anyway uh, but a relationship doesn't change based on your morphologic appearance or your looks, um, and uh, and it's important, obviously, as you teach us to accept ourselves um, the way they are. And on the other hand, um, you know, if there's something that we can do, like you know, exercise, like uh, being on a good diet, and and and, and legitimate concerns of our appearance that can be improved. That's uh, that's really a physiological form of it. Yes, and, and you said earlier, if, if people have a sort of a healthy ego sense of themselves and they want to make a change and something that really would, for example, you know, uh, maybe you're a runner and your breasts are too big and you're throwing your back out, for example, or, or maybe you've had three children and it's just an aesthetic pleasing, but you know, you have it in perspective, right? I think this isn't about judgment. It's a concern that I'm hearing from you that when we have, are about to cross a line and then it becomes a compulsion, an addiction, an obsession in this case, we're coming up to the top of the hour. Um, and what, what are some things that we can ask ourselves before we maybe consider taking the step of plastic surgery at this point? The most important thing is why we're doing it, and that's the most important question, and, and answer honestly about why we're doing it. Uh, following some of the advice that a ethical plastic surgeon uh, would give you, listen to your uh, parents, listen to your friends, listen to your family, and, and metabolize their input. That's very important without disregarding and... and, uh, and um, and blowing them off. Uh, the support of uh, friends and family is important. Uh, but again, ask yourself, why am I doing? It's not going to change my life. Uh, it's not going to make go away the problem I have. But 
um, uh, you know, so be honest with you and, and seek help. Seek the, your, your help like, as a psychologist is very important. The team of the psychologist and the plastic surgeon are essential in dealing with body dysmorphic disorders. I think uh, the, the team approach is essential. Yes, the team approach. This is a really important point here. We are moving away from the iconic culture. From the individual silo, this is not how we were designed to live. I love this invitation, right? Get your dream team together, folks. Ask, reach out. These are beautiful suggestions, Dr. Calabria. So I'm, I'm going to ask a couple more questions as we come up to the top of the hour. First of all is, where can people reach you? DrCalabria.com, is this the best place? Yes. DrCalabria.com is a website, um, um, and, and you can reach it through our website. is probably the easiest way to do it. And are your articles available on your website? Uh, some of them are available. Some we can furnish on request, um, and we're always available uh, for consults on the phone, on Skype, and, um, and we're... Yes, yeah, and so I have them as well, info at maryannlive.com. We have them, I should say, as well. And, you know, really, I, I want to say thank you for your honesty, for your vulnerability. This is a conversation I've wanted to have for years. I haven't found it easy to find that uh, available soul. So I think so many of us, including me, are so grateful for you being so open with us today. Thank you, and, how, and thank you for helping me be present in this conversation and, uh, and helpful. Beautiful. All right, so you come back and join us anytime. You're welcome here, Marianne Live. Blessings to you. Yeah, everybody else sit tight. We'll be back for our wrap right here on Marianne Live right after these messages. Back in just a minute. Everybody. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Reynolds. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. Honey, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. To be a good father is the most important job in a man's life. But it doesn't have to be hard. Play catch. Go to a park or visit a zoo. Help your child with their homework. Sit down together for dinner. Ask them how their day was. Things get busy, and sometimes we all fall short. But the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at one eight seven seven for dad 411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Stuff, stuff, stuff. Where can I contain all of my stuff? Hmm. 
hmm, how about this? The Container Store, the original storage and organization store. And I found their link on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page. They have containers for everything, including the kitchen, the bathroom, trash and recycling, traveling, spring cleaning, and dorm rooms. Just about everything you can think of to contain your stuff. The Container Store, right on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page. HealthyLife.net, where positive overcomes negative. Oh, a conversation that time has come, body dysmorphia. Thank you so much to Dr. Renato Calabria for joining us here on Mary Ann Live, where plastic surgeons need to draw the line with the uh, conversation we had today. We're so grateful for him joining us. Next week, same time, same place, Tim Link is going to be joining us. He's written a new book called Talking with Dogs and Cats. You're going to love this man and how he came to this work, being a dog or animal whisperer, as I would say, uh, a communicator uh, with the, the animals through telepathy and among other things. So join us, won't you, next time, uh, 10 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, we also have the rebroadcast available at MarianneLive.com as well as HealthyLife.net. All right, everybody, third part of our practice, here we go. Do something for somebody else. Don't let them know you did it. Oh, that's mix three in your practice today. We're so glad that you're joining us again and again. And if you're new, welcome. We're so glad you're here. See you next time, everybody. I wish you every blessing until then. Take care.